We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, I think earlier, Sal, I think it was the one that talked about smart, not conservative, and there's calculated. Anytime you, th- anytime you have the ball in your hand, there's calculated risk involved. There's risk involved overall. You know, it's, it's just an important piece of winning games is complimentary football you know it's clear that we make it awfully hard on ourselves sometimes which the good part of that is that we figure out ways to win sean mcdermott on one of the big conversations this week we're gearing up for bills bengals and the matchup between buffalo cincinnati their stud quarterbacks their high-powered offenses and uh the matchup that we didn't get to see the full matchup because of what happened with DeMar Hamlin, who, by the way, is at the Bills facility every day. That's kind of the report that he's not exactly like working out and getting back to playing football, but uh, Sean McDermott revealing he's at the facility every day. So the Bills are seeing their, their teammate Hamlin on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, more good news on that front. On the Western Hotline is Chris Trapasso, who is a uh, friend of the show. Good to have him on as, uh, you know, fairly regular guest. Chris writes for CBS Sports, draft stuff, young player stuff, and wrote this week about the Bills' aggressiveness against Miami. So we wanted to bring him on. Chris, good morning. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So you want the Bills, you wrote, effectively, right? You want the Bills to maybe lean into what they did against Miami as much as they feel like they should. Yeah, I definitely think so. And and what's something that I'm really grateful about with my job is I can watch a Bills game. I'm here in Western New York, obviously, for those who don't know that already. Um, I go to the games with my dad. It's it's one thing to watch a game live, and we know it's an experience, especially when it's a tight game for the Bills. I'm so grateful that I sometimes am uh, fortunate enough to be able to go back and write about the Bills and watch the film because I went into this film session thinking Josh Allen must have just missed a ton of checkdowns. There was open receivers underneath. And this article is going to pretty much be easy to write. It's going to write itself that it's just going to say, hey, Josh Allen needs to check it down a lot more frequently than he did. When I watched the film, there was not very many occasions that I witnessed that there was wide open receivers, even at the intermediate level. The Dolphins did a really good job. It, It was certainly risky, but to just blitz a lot, to try to force turnovers, which they did, which also left them very susceptible to the deep pass. And Josh Allen had... Seven big-time throws. Those are those high degree of difficulty throws, usually 20-plus yards down the field. And seven is a crazy high number in that game. So I think with his arm, with maybe the Dolphins kind of, I guess, laying a blueprint for how teams maybe want to attack Josh Allen in some situations, the Bills should lean into it and say, you know what, if you want to send those all-out blitzes, we're going to take the chances because we believe that our quarterback can make throws that maybe a defensive coordinator wouldn't even scheme to stop because they don't seem physically possible when you're drawing it up during the week. Yeah, it's one of the things, Chris, about it that's, that I find fascinating is the Dolphins decided this was their best chance to win, and they were in the game, mm-hmm. right? This, yeah. You're almost saying we can't beat you, not that we can't beat you straight up, but we've got to play an aggressive style and hope that you make mistakes. Part of the question is, do you think other teams will view what Miami did as a good idea? 
I think they'll view it as if we get down maybe by 10, maybe by 14 to the Bills, like the Dolphins were, they were down 17 nothing and then 34-24, that they can go into that part of their game plan. But I don't think we're going to see the Bengals on Sunday or if the Bills advance, any other teams just be that reckless with the cover zeros, with no safety help, or letting Stephon Diggs be one-on-one on the perimeter, or even Gabe Davis on the sideline without any safety help over the top. So, like I said, I, I think it will be – part of a blueprint but i think we're more likely to see teams sit back in coverage uh than try to attack josh allen that way because one thing that didn't happen i think is kind of being undersold about how good the dolphins were defensively playing man coverage like that and blitzing as frequently as they did they were also very susceptible to josh allen run they did a great job staying in their rush lanes and not allowing him to hit those big runs a couple times he tried to get out and run Um, but was actually sacked for like a zero-yard loss, but it goes down in the stat book as a sack. I think if you do that throughout a game consecutively or if other teams try that, you could be having a Josh Allen game where he runs for 60 or 70 yards, and that's usually a recipe for disaster for an opposing defense. I saw Chris Sims tweeted about this, about the matchup and what Miami also did. It was Miami – his opinion, his take was, the Miami thought, we can cover you in man. And while not many corners can cover Stephon Diggs, and he did burn them, and Gabe Davis had a couple of big catches, do you think that the Bills have the receivers to do it like this? If if teams want to play them man up, do they have the receiving core to beat that? Yeah, I I saw Sims tweet, too. I I don't think teams are as scared of the Bills – receiving group obviously as the last couple of years but yes I do think the compliment with with Dawson Knox in there being an athletic tight end uh, with kind of this suddenly loaded group of slot receivers with Khalil Shakir making plays Cole Beasley out there starting to get uh, acclimated to the offense Isaiah McKenzie getting healthier like you mentioned John Brown I I think they have enough talent and diverse talent that Josh Allen can tap into it Um, where, again, I don't think a team would be saying, hey, look, let's try to cover these guys. Man, uh, and and I think what's important is Xavier Howard is a really good man-to-man cornerback. Cater Cadu, who was their rookie that's played very well this season for the Dolphins, also proved to be very good in man coverage. So I think the Dolphins were kind of uniquely designed to say, hey, look, we're not just going to blitz because we're kind of up against it, but we actually feel confident really in in our – cornerbacks against any offense that we face in any group of receivers this kind of almost sets up for i mean if playoff gabe is going to continue to be a mantra of gabe davis right like isn't this kind of the style of defense that he needs to win against i mean those deep balls late in the game one-on-ones even when the route or the play wasn't designed for him you know Diggs is the first player we think of for that but i wonder if if defenses are going to maybe give that that one-on-one matchup with Gabe Davis. And Allen, I mean, I don't know, Chris, is it a good idea or not for him to continue to go that way? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think, you know, that I said earlier, and I think we all agree that opposing defenses and their defensive coordinators are not going to say, let's blitz Allen 40% of the time and play cover zero the whole game. So the opposite of that is kind of funny what we were kind of saying, hey, you know, the Bills need those deep balls but they're not getting them because teams are going to play a lot of two deep safety looks. So I think um, in, in doing that, we've seen that mostly earlier in the season that Josh Allen is willing to go underneath and to be healthier at wide receiver. Now to have Cole Beasley back in the mix 
you suddenly could have a game, maybe even on Sunday, where the underneath game is a part. And, and Josh Allen completes 75% of his passes, and there aren't a lot of those big-time throws. So I, it's kind of like pick your poison, and I think that's a good position for the Bills to be in entering this game on Sunday. Not too tough to make the connection. Pick your poison on the other side. Let's get into this matchup against Cincinnati. How can the Bills defend Chase Higgins Boyd? We know that Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are some of the best at scheming up pass defense. They've done it for five years. Mm-hmm. Is this yeah. their biggest test? Yeah, it's, it is on paper in terms of pass defense, but uh, I don't think we can overstate how important – the Bengals' offensive line injuries are to this game, that it, if they were going in with a with their full complement of their offensive linemen, or maybe even just without Lyle Collins, it would be extremely difficult because of just Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. What they do in terms of being a diverse group, that Jamar Chase is the uh, yards after the catch guy, he's also good down the field, T. Higgins is the big body guy, and then Tyler Boyd can really play anywhere, and mostly in the slot, but certainly can win on the outside as well. It's a lot different. We saw in that second half after Jonah Williams went down for the Bengals against the Ravens, it kind of uh, reduced the playbook for what the Bengals could do offensively. They really didn't take that deep shot down the field because although Joe Burrow is good at tapping into all the athleticism that he has, uh, he's not someone that's going to evade pressure like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. So they don't want him taking a ton of hits. They know, you know, a bunch of sacks is, usually going to correlate to failed drives and not scoring 30 points, which is probably the goal for this game. So I think in the secondary, yes, but up front, the front seven, how much they've blitzed Milano and Edmonds lately post Von Miller injury. I think I'm not saying that it's an, it's an easy matchup for Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier, but certainly makes things a lot easier on that side of the ball and just getting Christian Benford back. I think, you know, the Bills had a lot of faith in him. He's a bigger corner. He plays the football very well. To have pretty much, outside of Micah Hyde, a potentially fully healthy secondary for the first time in a long time will go a long way in the Bills doing what they want to do schematically on Sunday. You sound like if Benford is ready to go, to you, might be a good idea to have him in there, even on a rotation. Elam is, I mean, a lot of the... The momentum for that position sounds like, okay, Elam, man-heavy, he's got good length. You know, that could fit well if they're going to play some man coverage, if they have to, against these Bengals receivers. But, I don't know, should that not be automatic to you? That it shouldn't just be Elam all the time, opposite of Tredavious White? I don't think so. I mean, I think, you know, look back to two weeks ago um, with Kyer Elam playing against the Patriots, not finding the football on that uh, Devontae Parker touchdown. And then he didn't play a lot more, and, and Sean McDermott was down on him a little bit. It just kind of shows how funny uh, reputations can change, just really one-week difference, and now suddenly Kyrie Elam is apparently very confident. I think when Christian Benford is back, there does need to be or should be a rotation, maybe just because uh, Christian Benford hasn't played in a while and because I think you're happy with the direction that Kyrie Elam is going in and his style where he excels in man coverage is probably a better fit for what you need to do against Jamar Chase and company. But the Bills have really done it all season, whether it was Dane Jackson and Christian Benford earlier in the season when Trey White was out or Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam. With Christian Benford back, it's, it's almost like what we hear with offensive lines at times. Like, get your best five guys out there. And I think Christian Benford is one of the best 
um, and, and most disruptive at the catch point cornerbacks on this team. He needs to be in the rotation on Sunday. Chris Trapasso on the Western Hotline. Are you picking him to win, Chris? Yeah, I am. I I think it will be a close game uh, throughout, but really the offensive line for the Bengals, certainly being that the season is on the line, I don't think that they're just going to come out and try to run the ball and be super conservative like they were against the Ravens in that second half where they were kind of in that emergency situation. But with the blitzing uh, through the A-gaps, the delayed blitzes, I think – getting experience blitzing over the last two months a lot more with Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, like I said earlier, is really beneficial to those linebackers that the timing of it, understanding when and where they need to blitz, um, I think will go a long way to disrupting Joe Burrow enough where he's certainly going to hit some throws, but not enough big throws to ultimately lead the Bengals to a win. I think the Bills win this game not comfortably, but I don't think it's going to come down 31-30, anything like that. I, I think the offensive line for the Bengals is that big of a story um, and will really help the Bills, um, like I said, schematically and just not have to have a perfect game offensively to win. Is that why like they're they're five they're five point favorite now, and I think I even saw it one place now that might be up at five and a half. That spread has continued to move towards the Bills. I don't know how much you look at that, but is that – is that we think maybe all it is is just panic about the Bengals' offensive line and Burrow running for his life the whole day? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think, uh, you know, pre-injury last week, I don't know if there were early lines out, but I would have um, expected it to be probably just Bills being that home advantage uh, three-point favorite, but it, it's continuing to go up probably because of that because it yeah. is that big of a deal that Joe Burrow, again, he, he probably on Sunday one or two times at least will make a defender miss where it looks like there's going to be a sack, but I think he is going to be under a lot of pressure frequently. He's good under pressure, but the sacks are a big kind of uh, weakness to his game that he does take a lot of sacks. A lot of pressures get converted to sacks for him, a lot higher rate than Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. That will be the difference in this game, and I think that's why the point spread is so high. Last one for me, because the way the season ends will always shape how we talk about the offseason – if the season were to end on Sunday, what would your guess, best guess be? At, what's the thing that we are microanalyzing for the next five months that comes from that game? I would say probably uh, secondary wide receiver. That I mean, I said earlier that I think they're good enough that Josh Allen can get the most out of them, as we've seen this season. I mean, they're they're second in points per drive this year. Uh, you know, pretty much near the top of the league, top two or three in a lot of offensive stats. I think looking around at the rest of these playoffs, though, uh, the complement, the deepness of other receiver groups, when you throw in tight ends and you're looking at the Eagles, the 49ers and the other conference, I think that will be the biggest thing that, you know, maybe a drop pass here from a Dawson Knox or a a missed or or a uh, um, time where, Isaiah McKenzie can't find the football, something like that where the Bills would need to add, you know, a more marquee talent after Stephon Diggs into this offense. Chris Trapasso on the Wester hotline. We're just uh Should so, I ask Chris the question real yeah, quick? Yeah, All right, sure. To, to, quick it's a, answer. It's a tough one. Would you rather start your franchise right now with Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? Ooh. I would say Josh Allen and I always go into the trait based Mm-hmm. answer being a draft guy that I think they're pretty much equal in terms of 
what they can do as passers, but Josh Allen gives you that running uh-huh. ability, and he's got a stronger arm. So I would lean Josh Allen. Well, okay. prepare for a fiery uh, get, get next your, next hour on Bill's Twitter. Get your bulletin boards ready. Bulletin boards. Get yes. your bulletin boards out. You got to buy a new one I because I wanted to add one thing that I heard you guys talking about earlier about failed drives and the turnovers. We didn't really talk about those. Yeah, lives. yeah, yeah. I looked. Yeah, I looked it up. The Bills have 83 successful drives this season, either a touchdown or a field goal, against 74 failed drives. The Chiefs are almost identical. 83 successful mm-hmm. drives and only yep. 71 failed drives. Yep. So it's really, it's like you mentioned, the turnovers, whether it's a turnover, a fumble, a or punt. a punt, it doesn't really matter that much. And the Bills and the Chiefs are almost identical. The Bengals are, are right behind both of those teams, but... When you really look at it that way, I thought that was a smart way to do it. And the Bills and the Chiefs, pretty much three more unsuccessful drives for the Bills, but the exact same amount of successful drives this year. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's coming over. Joe, punts are turnovers. Yep. Everyone's getting on this train. Punts are turnovers. I think coaches but are starting to they are. get on it, too. Slowly. But listen, there's no time for that. I need you to go and buy bulletin boards because okay. we got a lot of bulletin board material. <laughs> yes. Dan Graziano, Bart Scott, Rob Ninkovich, Damian Woody, all pick Burrow over Allen if starting a franchise. Four, four for, for four. four. Burrow over Allen. Crazy. Put. We're calling uh, Rory at Zoom Copy who makes all the banners and the murals. I want that thing on the side of the Ad Pro Sports Complex. Yep. That picture in Josh Allen's locker yes. all week. Bulletin boards like we've never seen before. Bill should be a seven-point favorite yes. now after that just happened. <laughs> no. Make him seven-point underdogs. Put that on the board, too. Right. Yeah. Wow. Four for four. All I right. could just make him. I could create my own sports book and make him a seven-point underdog, and then that'll fire him up. Four like for it. four. Pick of the week when we get back. Ian Eagle, CBS, joins us top of the hour. Our thanks to Chris. Always a great guest. We'll be talking lots of uh, wide receiver two in the offseason if, in fact, the season ends. Well, whenever. They're going to draft no matter what. All right. We'll get a break in. Pick of the week next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.